0: philosophy, and culture meet sci-fi at warp speed. This is episode 19, Giving Thanks to an Ungrateful God. Now, perhaps you find that title alarming. I must confess I purposefully chose the title to engage the mind and the heart, to truly ponder the text, which we'll explore later, which I believe lead to the implied conclusion. At first glance, it may seem intended to strike against God by labeling him as ungrateful, But after careful consideration, my hope is that we might understand that God's being ungrateful is the best news in all the world for us. It means that he has no need which can be met because he has no need. He has no desires unfulfilled by his own power. Now, Webster's Dictionary defines grateful as appreciative of benefits received. This definition doesn't seem to sync with the attributes of God that we find in Scripture. If he could offer thanks to anyone for anything... He would cease to be the God from whom all blessings flow. Thankfully, all thanks goes to Him. Of course, evaluating a concept like giving thanks to an ungrateful God has to be uh, looked at in light of Scripture. And so it's to that we'll turn now. There are actually three points that we want to take a look at as we ponder this concept. First, that God is self sufficient as we meditate on Acts chapter 17, verses 22 to 25. Second, that Christ is the servant Savior, as we meditate on Mark chapter 10 verses 43 to 45. And finally, that God is the sovereign supplier, as we take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 6 through 15. First, let's take a look at the fact that God is self-sufficient. We'll take a look at Acts chapter 17 verses 22 to 25. Here's what it says. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. In this passage, Paul is addressing a crowd in the Areopagus, which was a high court of appeals for civil and criminal cases. He looks out and he says to the men of Athens, This unknown God that you worship is not the one true God who created all things, who doesn't dwell in temples made by man, and who is not served by human hands. I'll pose another thought-provoking question. Can you really serve God? The answer is yes and no. You can serve God by being dependent on, delighting in, and following Christ through acts of obedience. But surely we don't think that the answer is that we serve God by solving his problems. That is blasphemy. He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. As a matter of fact, it is from him that life and breath and everything come he is self-sufficient second it's also important to consider the fact that jesus is the servant savior and to understand that point better we'll take a look at mark chapter 10 verses 43 through 45 here's what it says but it shall not be so among you but whoever would be great among you must be your servant And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. James and John approach Jesus and basically say, Lord, we want you to grant whatever we ask of you. Jesus entertains the question, and they request that they be allowed to sit on his left and his right in glory. Christ responds by speaking the truth of servanthood and giving a perplexing statement. Whoever would be first must be servant of all, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Christ did not come to be served, but rather to serve. He did not come to recruit others to do the work of the kingdom, but to do the work of the kingdom which God ordained humanity to play a part. It might be likened to a play with plots and scenes and actors. The play has a cast with parts. However, the story has an author, and it is the author who gets the credit. God has a part for us to play, but he doesn't need us. Instead, he has chosen us. The point is that the gospel eliminates any service that we might try to offer to God in vain attempts to earn favor or find merit in his eyes. Jesus didn't come to be served so that we might find our way to God by service. Jesus came to die on a cross so that the way to God might be paved through his servant-like sacrifice. Then, as we follow him, we serve in utter dependence. After all, Christ is the servant savior. Finally, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6-15, through we see God as the sovereign supplier. but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for this inexpressible gift. Paul was writing to motivate the Corinthians to give generously, and he was using the Macedonians as an example. The Macedonians had experienced poverty and affliction, and yet they still overflowed in joy by the grace of God. Therefore, they begged for the chance to give more, even despite their difficulties. We see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1-2. through The passage emphasizes God as the focus of thanksgiving, since he... Is the source from which all giving flows. Notice the phrases that indicate that God is behind the supplying of every need and even every desire to give. First, in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 8 through 11, we see that God is the supplier of grace and material goods. If you go back and trace the flow of what Paul is saying there, he's saying that if you understand the ultimate source, that God is actually the supplier of the grace and the material goods of anything that we see coming to fruition. Secondly, in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 12, we see that service to others is directly connected to thanksgiving to God. We see that connection forged specifically in verse 12. And then thirdly, 2 Corinthians 9 verses 13 through 15 shows us that the ultimate end of thanks is the gospel and the inexpressible gift of Christ. This passage reveals the radically God-centered, grace-enabled, and gospel-saturated nature of thanks. God's sovereign hand can be seen providing the means of service, the desire to serve, and the ultimate aim of all service. Above all, we see the provision of Christ as the inexpressible gift the title may still give you pause, giving thanks to an ungrateful God. However, as one of my favorite authors and musicians, Michael Card often says, if I've been able to get you to read and think about scripture, then we both win whether you agree with me or not. God is the self-sufficient servant savior and sovereign supplier. Let us therefore give thanks to an ungrateful God. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to Captain's Log, the podcast. It's hard to believe that it's actually been a little over two years since I launched the podcast and have had uh, actually now 19 episodes, and so I look forward to doing this uh, more in the future. In terms of the immediate future, I'm actually going to be taking a break for this for a little bit of time at least, I'll be working on the, the final stages of a dissertation, and so I won't have a lot of time to be devoting to podcasts and blogging and things like that, and and so content's going to be uh, down to a trickle here in the next few months. Nonetheless, I would encourage you to still stay tuned at CalvinistPicard.com. You can take a look at the Captain's blog, or you can take a look at all of the old posts that I have. There's actually an article out Uh, called Giving Thanks to an Ungrateful God that goes along parallel with this podcast, actually, specifically. And actually just released my latest blog, so I'd encourage you to take a look at that on the the website as well, and that's called uh, What Legalism and the Prosperity Gospel Have in Common. That was released just a few days ago. Uh, I may be able to squeeze in a Christmas time podcast. We'll see just how time goes. But if not, probably going to be uh, sometime around next June or so before I release another, uh, unless I just have a, a quick spurt of time as the dissertation gets completed. I'd still encourage you to also connect with me on the first contact page of CalvinistPicard.com where you can leave your comments and feedback. Of course, you can also follow me on Twitter at Calvinist Picard, We also have a page on Facebook that you can follow, as well as a group called 10 Ford, if you're interested in that kind of thing. We post little silly uh, comments and memes and uh, just have a good time in in terms of uh, all things theology and sci-fi related, specifically Star Trek, actually. So a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And just keep in mind, don't let the Klingons carve the turkey. Thanks for listening.